Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today's guest is John Gray. He's famous for uh, his work with you know, Women Are From Mars, Men Are From Venus. Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. I said that backwards <laughs> just to make does. you mad. <laughs> I totally did that just to see how you'd respond. So basically, we're from different planets, and the names of the planets are kind of vague. I'm kidding. Um, and he's also been in a couple of my books, particularly in Game Changers, uh, where I interviewed 500, I call them elders or masters, uh, people who've done massive work to change the world. Uh, and if you've never read any of John's books, his most recent book uh, is called Beyond Mars and Venus. And it is mind-blowing from a biohacking perspective. So yes, relationships uh, where there are insights that have helped my marriage that I've learned from John in, in person. Um, but there's also just a lot of stuff around what your hormones do and all. And so first of all, John, I'm so happy to get to spend time with you and to get to share this time with a few hundred thousand people. Welcome. Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be with you. And, and nice to be up here in the mountains hanging out. When we've hung out other times, uh, you've supported my book launches by giving a talk in San Francisco. And uh, I just, I, I'm so grateful for all the work you're doing. But after we put down the microphones and all over dinner, you tell me, or you told me all these sort of juicy secrets of Taoism that you say, I just don't know that, that the audience is ready for that. I, 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 this is off the record. I'm like, no, I, when, when you have a master with you, you don't want stuff to be off the record. That's the best stuff. <laughs> so you agreed that you were going to spill the beans Today. about some of the stuff that a lot of people want to know. If your kids are listening, some of the stuff is maybe not safe for work, but it is all out of respect and how humans work and science-based and all that stuff, but uh, it, it might get a little bit sticky. Yeah, this is uh, R-rated, X-rated, uh, and... I don't know if it's... It, we're not going to go to X. No, this is I don't an think R. This R. It's education. You know, I think we all need sex education, and uh, this is things I've been learning and teaching um, and practicing since 1979. Uh, I was, you know, I was a monk for nine years, Hadn't had sex in nine years. Okay, first of all, let's go there. By the way, we're going to talk about the equation, the Taoist equation I tried to disprove and failed to disprove yeah. about male ejaculation versus orgasm. We'll talk about women and the effect on them as well. But I want to go, what's it like to not have an orgasm for nine years? Because I went for 30 days a few times to disprove and fail at the Taoism thing. But nine years, I can't imagine. What did it do this to This is from 18 to 27. So the, the time when you're supposed years. to ejaculate what? every five minutes. <laughs> the time when you... First of all, I'm very active as a teenager sexually. I like sex a lot. And the Beatles went to be with uh, uh, Maharishi and they said you can get high without drugs. So I got all inspired. I did that. He was a celibate. And I just, you know, I'm a student. You know, he was my mentor. I wanted to be just like him. And how do you go without ejaculating or masturbating for nine years? You have to be motivated and you have to meditate a lot. You take the energy up. So I remember I used to meditate like twice a day, 20 minutes, then went to 30 minutes, then 50 minutes, then an hour twice a day, then two hours twice a day. And I'm in more of an ashram type setting at this time, traveling with him quite a bit too. I was his personal assistant. But then we'd go on these retreats and I went to like, you know, literally 15, 16 hours a day of meditation. And we're talking sitting straight up, effortless ecstasy of the energy just flowing up and swirling around. You can go to some very, very altered states that yeah, way. very okay. altered states. But you have to, in order to do that, in my experience, is you have to 
contain the semen. The semen gives you the energy. After maybe about seven years into the celibacy for me, not releasing ever, you could actually smell the semen coming out of my perspiration. It, was, it felt, filled my body. The Hindus talk about that as ojas. Uh, it's a, your semen then converts. If you hold it into your body and you use it, you can't just not sex. That just goes dead. You've got to use that energy. So if sex for me was a lot like this movement like this, literally, so, I was so having, you're, you're basically like meditating and rocking your pelvis. Yeah. But yeah. were you like getting no uh, sexual arousal? At okay. All. The, yeah. the spiritual arousal. It was like amazing. It's yeah. unbounded awareness. It's ecstatic. It's like listening to symphony. And at certain points when I would fast, I'd actually hear the music of the spheres which was heavenly, it was heavenly. Then after nine years, I, 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 my brother was bipolar and meditation didn't fix it. So I couldn't be out there meditating and being happy without doing something. So that's when I went to study psychology and got into you know, psychology and relationships and all that. And it's a big fun story, but the bottom line is I started having sex. And the first time I had sex after not ejaculating for nine years was three days. D- did you turn yourself inside out? I don't know what that means. Well, I'm just imagining that if I didn't have sex for nine years, I would have basically had such a powerful orgasm that I would physically turn myself inside uh, it out. Was, it was like, orgasm and orgasm and orgasm and so orgasm. Three days, of that. three days of that. Yeah, and we slept and we ate were, and in between. Were you like physically destroyed after that? I was in heaven. I, I said, this is... I mean, I've been in heaven before, but I said, if I could have a choice, I'll take this. Did you? Re- <laughs> Our physical okay. orgasm was another level. Did you regret your nine years of celibacy when you finally got to have sex? Did you regret your nine years of celibacy when you finally got to have sex? Oh, no, not at all. Okay, so it, it was uh, worth the oh, price. Oh, it was, it was not a sacrifice for me to be celibate. It was an, a freedom to have this time to go high and then bring it down. See, a lot of people just want to go high, and there's nothing wrong with that, but at a certain point, you are one with all. So then you got to, the point is bring it into the body, and not everybody has to be as extreme as me to do that. So I went to that extreme. Then I started, as soon as I finally ejaculated after three days, it was all gone. Oh, so you had sex for three days and then you ejaculated. And then I ejaculated. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, so I was that's multi-orgasmic. Why that's why you didn't yeah. turn yourself inside out. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I was, I crashed. It was like Afterwards. suddenly okay. this huge effortless spaciousness of awareness and fluidity just was gone. And then I realized that that's why, you know, you want to conserve the energy or the semen for men. It is the fuel for the brain to have higher consciousness and my awareness. So... I started teaching it. That was my first classes. Um, I mean, basically, I traveled around for a year, having lots of girlfriends, and um, I read their palms. This and was made in love the, to them. the 70s? Kind yeah, of? Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was only eight in the 70s. So it was I, a I, fun I, time. I missed on that fun decade. All right. And see, in the TM movement, I was like this celebrity, but also known as untouchable because I was a celibate. But then all these girls, now I was out. I had easy access to a lot of women. You, you went to touchable from untouchable yeah, and what's... people wanted to do it. <laughs> anyway, it was really fun. But with every woman, I said, you know, I've been a monk for nine years. I need you to teach me about your body. So I had these conversations with women about what they liked, what they didn't like. And I'd never known any of this stuff. And, and maybe, and a lot of other guys don't know this stuff, particularly back in the 70s. There weren't a lot of books about this. So... I figured after a year of this, I would start teaching classes called Making Love Workshop and get people together and share what I would learn during that year. Have everybody in the room talk about what their best sexual experiences were. And that was just Not, not in like a porno way, but in a learning no, way. In an educational way. Yeah. And, and eventually that moved into to sustain the sexual attraction. 
you need to have love. I mean, love is really what it's about. I mean, the subtitle of the workshop was the purpose of sex is to make love, you know, sharing and expressing love. And, and that's really what it's about for me. And to me to have, it, we have to understand the energetics of higher consciousness. If you lust after a woman, basically all the energy is going out of you. But it's one of the seven deadly sins. Well, it's not like a bad thing. I mean, teenagers look at all over the place, but at well, the same time, if you want to raise your consciousness, when you're lusting after someone who's not lusting back at you, yes. that's the whole key. You've got to circle the energy. And that's where the love comes into place. Otherwise, you deplete the higher consciousness. The energy goes out. And, and is there a difference between desire versus lust? Uh, yes, for sure. Okay. okay. Uh, in my experience, a simple distinction would be when, when, when I was a teenager, I would lust after girls. Oh, I really want to have that. I really want that. I really want... And even sometimes in my marriage, I would have, feel lust when I would... Uh, <laughs> I feel like Jimmy Carter saying, I sinned, I felt lust. I'm not judging but, it in any way. I'm just saying. But, just, just a quick commercial break. Uh, not commercial, but just just uh, whatever PSA is called. Look, every man alive has felt lust for someone or, or very strong attraction. Like, man, I'd really like to do and insert the blanks. It's part of being a guy. It's, it's just, it's it completely is. part of being yeah. a guy. And I it's just, how you act on uh, that desire that decides whether you're a high integrity guy or not. It's how you act on it. And it's whether it's returned, it becomes desire. Yeah. See, okay. then that's when someone loves you and you love them. Then the energy's not wasted, but you know, you're, you're kind of pining away after somebody, all oh, your energy's going out. And I just, I, I, I have, it's a funny image he's coming up, but the place where I would experience it the most, because we didn't have a lot of internet porn then or anything like yeah. that, but you had the Olympics mm -hmm. skaters and those women would be twirling around and I would look at it and go, this energy, just, I wanted that. I wanted that. You know, I was 14 watching the Olympics. I remember that too. Those little skater outfits. I, I, in fact, I used to wonder why is skating one of the most popular Olympic sports? Absolutely. We got okay. know. I, I got it. Uh, but what I, what I realized is that that very strong, uh, very strong attraction to that is the masculine part of me wanting to connect with the feminine part of me. See, ultimately enlightenment and being in the flow and creativity and self-actualization and, and all those good things is about balancing the masculine and feminine within ourselves. When you look at all the, you know, the ancient Tibetan statues of the gods, they're always making love and having sex. And yeah. they actually were, but at the same time, it's also a metaphor and a symbol for the masculine and feminine connecting together. Within love, one person. Within one person, within yeah. oneself. And... I had achieved that uh, in my own spiritual path. I was very fulfilled, but it wasn't in my body. It wasn't, it wasn't, you got to bring it down. And it wasn't until I was able to bring it down through, through having a loving relationship with my wife, Bonnie, and having great sex with my wife, Bonnie, and practicing many of these things with her, that I was able to maintain that high consciousness in this body. And I could actualize my inner potential to fulfill a part of my mission, which was the right men are from Mars, women are from Venus. You know, that was just a calling. Uh, once I realized I was going to write that book, three o'clock in the morning came along and I woke up and I would suffer until I got up and, and I would suffer so much that would, that I had to go and write the book. It just made me write that book. Cause so you felt a, called to do it. I felt and, very called to do it. And there may be some people listening who haven't read that book and just don't know what's in it. It, even you know, 25 years later, you've replaced it now with Beyond Mars and Venus. Um, and you address some really good things that you wouldn't have addressed 25 years ago. Like you talk about gay relationships and things like that. Um, 
and you, you updated it with your oh, only 25 more years of understanding the human condition. So I say, read that book. But either one of those things is full of knowledge about human behavior and biology beyond what you'd expect from the title. Right, it's not right. just a relationship it's book. It's not just a relationship book. It goes right to the biology. There's been an evolution in my message from just my observations of how men and, all, men and women are, how they misunderstand each other. Uh, and if you haven't read those books, they're, they're still classic books. You know, one of the big trouble in a relationship is you connect with your partner and you're getting really close. And like right after sex, you can feel men pulling away. Well, why is he pulling away at this moment of closeness? Our woman will be on the weekend to have a great w romantic weekend. And now he's back to work and she's going, but I thought we went to this high level of intimacy and connection and sharing. And so the whole idea is that men have cave time. They need this time to come back to themselves. After an After, ejaculation. Well, now we're talking about the actual it, it, sex part of it. Uh, yeah, you know, the basic ideas of Men Are From Mars book was, I mean, this fundamental misunderstandings between men and women, often men pull away and women go, oh, why doesn't he love me? Doesn't he care about me? But the male physiology supports men in getting close, but then pulling back. And I would call that the cave time. He goes to his cave. It's not about her. It's not that he doesn't love her. He just needs some time for himself. And then he has more to give to her. And then there was another idea in the very popular rubber band. Men will get close and then they pull back. And if you don't run after them, they'll spring back. He's like a rubber band. But if you keep following him, he'll just keep pulling away. Another one, which is so good, is about what women need to talk. They need to share. Many times men interrupt with solutions. No need to solve the problem. Just learn how to ask questions. Right. So lots and lots of examples in those books on that. And Another key point was that was little things make a big difference because we often think, oh, if I do something big, it's going to have a bigger reaction. Actually, you can bring her 24 roses. You're going to have almost the same hormonal reaction as one rose. So the concept there is get, do lots of little things creates a quality relationship. So that's that message. And that's, it's in there and it's oftentimes quantified. And you know a lot of stuff that isn't in your books, uh, uh, weird hormonal response curves and things that are echoed and, and from Taoist practices. And Montauk Chia was just on the show. We talked about Taoism and Qigong, and we got you know, pretty graphical on that. And guys, this isn't a signal to you that Bulletproof Radio is, is going in that direction. There, there's three F words that pretty much are four F words, really, that if you read my books, you know about these things. Fear, which is a big one we all have to overcome. And then there's food or, or hunger, right? And then there's fertility or another F word that you could use instead, right? <laughs> so those are the three drivers of life. And if we don't address our responsiveness and what those do to us before we can think, then we will be reactive and we'll act like animals. And then the fourth F word, just in case you're worried about the darkness of humanity, it's friend, that we form communities, we support each other, and we help each other survive as a species and as a people. And as a planet, actually. So this is a positive message, but we got to talk about sex sometimes. And like, this is a master, but you, you're you kind of coming out with some stuff that yeah, you well, haven't before. So, okay. So I'm coming out with new things now that my wife had asked me not to talk about. She died. She passed a year and a half ago. Yeah. And so I was I'm, I'm so sorry. I know. I felt yeah. your empathy there. And I'm going through my ups and downs with it. But when I'm in my work channel, I'm, I'm fine. And, um, but my heart is broken. I'm going through the grieving process. And a big part of that is finding love again. And, and that has happened in my life is that I have a partner now that I'm in love with. Um, and some people think, how could you fall in love after having the love of your life for so long? I'm a loving person. I need to, how could I not fall in love? And, uh, but there's a, I just want to explain it. There's a place where you feel a lot of pain, so much pain when she died, died of cancer, that I, um, 
the reason I felt pain, see, we have a logical brain. The reason I feel pain is because I love her so much. So if I'm not feeling pain, then does that mean I don't love her? That's how the primitive brain goes. So I have to be in pain the rest of my life to convince myself to prove that I still love her. And that's not the reality. Pain is some, it's a wound. It's a brokenness that needs to be healed. And it gets healed by feeling the feelings, remembering the memories, missing her, loving her, feeling grateful for her. And then my heart is open again, and I feel more love than I've ever felt before. You're, you're an amazing human being. The, the work you've done on yourself just over the course of decades, just the way you express that, it, <laughs> that, that in and of itself will help thousands of people who are yeah, grieving. Yeah, not to feel it, guilty it, if you feel happy, yeah. you know, just... And of course, the other side, people always say, you know, on the other side, she wants you to be happy. Of course I do. But you have to overcome that little hurdle inside. It's okay to become happier again, happy again, and then happier again. That's her gift to me. And for, you know, I'd say six months, could not sleep through the night. And I remember every mistake I made in the relationship. It was so beautiful to see, again, how could I have handled that differently? And now I'm a better person. I'm wiser. I have more love in my heart. And, and the lucky woman I'm with, she's just so grateful. And also, I'm happy that I can now share more about my sex life because she doesn't mind um, my new partner. The, Bonnie always wanted to keep our sex life what, private. Yeah. So I did write a book called Mars, Venus in the Bedroom, and it was more sort of G-rated. Right. And, but now I can take it to R-rated, I, so to speak. I get to ask you the hard questions now, and you yes, can actually yes, answer them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. How does a guy not get blue balls if they're going to have sex all the time and okay. uh, and not so, ejaculate. Okay. So now we've just covered a, a big jump there, okay, which is... Uh, Everyone listening, all uh, okay. the guys are asking this right okay. now. The second one's so, going to be from the woman's perspective, okay. just so you know. So there, there's, there's... Okay, so there's... The concept here is when a man only has sex for like five minutes of intercourse, mm -hmm. okay, what happens is he ejaculates he now becomes addicted to ejaculating within five minutes and then four minutes. Okay, this is an addiction. There's nothing more powerful than ejaculation. Nature gave it to us. It says, you got a job to do, go out there oh, yeah. and do it. And so we know cocaine produces high levels of dopamine. Ejaculation is on the same level. It says, you, you do it, you wanna do it again and again. Then nature puts something else inside of us. It gets a, another program which says, if you ejaculate into someone you love, different chemicals get produced. And what happens if I was to masturbate to internet, what would happen is I would ejaculate. My testosterone goes down. We know now know that. But if I ejaculate with my wife, prolactin gets produced. And prolactin is what causes the recovery period. Now recovery period is so that if we look at the ideal setup is you ejaculate, you, get, you produce a lot of prolactin. Prolactin then lowers... Uh, lowers your dopamine so you're not going to go out there and hunger for another woman. And it prevents you from being turned on again for several days. Okay, now, if you're stressed, then the prolactin gets used up right away. And you're horny again right away. Or if you just saw online stuff, you get horny online. But let's say, uh, uh, let's go back a thousand years in a world where people didn't have all these stressors all the time, high dopamine stimulators. You would ejaculate you love the woman, so you, prolact, you, you produce prolactin. You're not interested in sex for six days. And on the seventh day... Even if you're 18? I'm telling you, this is what the uh -huh. research shows on 18-year-olds now. Okay. okay, we'll go... The Japanese did this research on young athletes. They ejaculate on Saturday night. If they go for six days... Oh, they ejaculate on Saturday night. The testosterone goes down half. 
It stays down there for a half, for six days. So, so get this, one ejaculation equals 50% drop in testosterone. So that's for six days. And then on the seventh day, it doubles. You become alpha man again. That's the alpha level is double the average testosterone level. And you get that as a gift from nature to, if you go without hunting for another woman for six days. So this is like mind blowing stuff because in my practice throughout all these years, the biggest issue couples want is they want to feel that passion they felt in the beginning. And where that passion goes away is ironically too much ejaculation. Mm -hmm. Now there's two solutions to that. One solution is just ejaculate once a week. And as you get older, maybe once every 10 days. And there's a formula for that that you know from the Taoists. But basically occasional ejaculation will keep your sex life very spicy. Uh, what what I found in the data, and this is all on the webpage on the Dave Asprey site, um, is that when I ejaculated afterwards, as you would predict, I didn't usually have sex for a couple days afterwards. And I was testing, for me, the number was don't ejaculate more often than every eight days. But I tested up to once every 30 days. And the longer I went without ejaculating, the more times I had sex. And this is really good for your relationship. It's fantastic. Now, just think logically. If you're kind of bored with food, don't eat for two days. And whatever you eat is fantastic. It's fantastic. You fast, you fast from it. And we all know that's good for our bodies. It's also good for our sex life. And so, you know, people are always asking me, what's the ideal, you know, how, how much sex are couples having? And many couples really do just have sex once a week. Other couples have sex twice a week. And my experience is those are the ones who in their forties are no longer interested in sex yep. because they're now at a lower level of arousal, but if you can go for six days without it, then you get this double the level of passion that you would experience. You're saying without ejaculating, but not without sex. Oh, you definitely want to have sex, so, but just okay. don't ejaculate. So what's an ideal frequency of sex? Oh, first of all, let me back up. I misunderstood you for a minute. Yeah, many couples they have sex on Saturday night and they wait and they have sex on Saturday night and they wait and they have sex on Saturday night and they have their sex their whole lives. You know, this is the old fashioned way of doing it. Now, couples are trying to do more. They feel like, oh, I want to have more because they're being so stimulated. But then they run, out of the, they run out of the gusto by the 40, 40 years old or after 10 years in a marriage. So that's one system. Okay, that's basic ground level. You want to keep your passion for a lifetime. Now you want to be Superman for a lifetime. That's what we're about is you learn to have sex every day without ejaculating. You start with every other day. You have to build up to this because, and there's a technique to it and we'll, we'll explore the technique. Yeah. But basically the, the overview of this is for me, for example, it's sex every day and usually twice a day and minimum 30 minutes, five or six orgasms. Okay. Maybe 20. These are, and, and you're listening to this, men can have an orgasm without ejaculating and that's what you're talking about. That's what I'm talking okay. about. And I, you know, I went, Montauk wrote wonderful books on that. Dr. Chang and the Tao of sexology writes books on that. Is that nature put that orgasm, which is this surge of pleasure and love. And biologically, it's a surge of estrogen. Mm. Okay, so see, if we can back up for Beyond Mars and Venus, the new book, I explained that men need at least 10 times more testosterone than a woman to be happy. They need 20, 30 times more testosterone than a woman to be really turned on to her and in love with her. Okay, you can't be in love with someone and have an erection unless you have really high testosterone. So love maybe is, injecting uh, some testosterone along the way is not a bad idea to help? <laughs> That's one system. Sex every day will do it. You won't need to Look, If you do both, I mean. <laughs> don't need to, don't need to, don't need to. <laughs> so you don't use testosterone? I don't know, no. Can I ask how old you are? I'm 68 years old. All right. 
similar thing if you're watching this or if you look at what Montag Chia looked like, um, who practices similar Yeah, similar he does. Things. He says every 30 minutes, 30 you, minutes every morning, you, you both, twice a day. You both look younger than you are. I, I mean, yeah, for real. Yeah. Um, it, it does do something to you energetically and physically. Okay. There's no question about it. And the, the, the energy level that I feel is so outrageous okay. uh, when I have great sex on a regular basis. Now, now we're speaking about this so far from a, a pretty male perspective, right? Um, now, if you're a woman going, oh my God, you know, I can't imagine spending a half hour, an hour a day having sex. Like I'm already getting pestered for it three times a week. Um, how how okay. does this work? Uh, okay, I, so, I have my answers from my tests, but I want to know how did it work for you? Because you were married to Bonnie for so long and like yeah, you, you, you talked to you, more people you, than you, me. You can't always do it that way when, you know, I'm, I'm talking about right now, it's every day because uh, I don't have little children running around. That helps, yeah. Okay, so there, there's no little children. With Bonnie and I, we had, we had always at least an ejaculation every week, okay? And then many times we would do the sex without ejaculating. Uh, it wasn't as nearly as much as what I can do now because I don't have little children. But I remember one time I said, I'm going to just do it every day for 30 days. And I also made an investment <laughs> and the stock kept getting higher and higher. And I made, I put in a hundred thousand, it was a currency and it went to 200,000. So, I, and then I really felt like I needed to ejaculate. So I took my money out, made a hundred grand and ejaculated. So I think it gives you good luck as well. <laughs> hey, that all sounds, you know, a little bit humorous. When I first published my data and I talked about this openly on stage, I, it was a talk, one of the most embarrassing talks I've given at a quantified self-conference. Because if you publish your data for a year, oh, here was an experiment. I was going to go 30 days without ejaculating. They're on day 23. Oops. Like, how do you record that data? Like, you know, I wasn't going to ejaculate, but I did, you know, right. I made a bad call, right? right. And it, so you, you kind of, you, you ride that stuff, but people came to me for a year or two after that and they said, Dave, I, I just tried it for 30 days and I got a $30,000 raise. I started two new companies. And part of it is, is this energy that comes in. But yeah, there's there's something It's intuitive magic. energy. It's creative yeah. energy. And clearly when I, after 30 days, I felt like, hey, I just made $100,000. That's good enough for me. I'm out. And it just turned out that two days later, I would have lost some of that money. You know, so but you, intuition is activated. Okay. You know, I, I, I just think we, we want to use our full brain potential and we're draining our brain potential today. And we can see it now with our kids today, with the, particularly the boys. Uh, you know, I wrote a whole book also called Boy Crisis. You've got boys, good book to read, but it's what's happening to them. And on one level, the big part of it is internet porn and they're masturbating all the time to internet porn. And it's even more potent than just masturbating alone in your bedroom than to be looking at internet porn. Okay, so it's gonna have a bigger addictive reaction to you. So, What about phone sex with your partner? Fantastic. I love that FaceTime thing. It's not a complete replacement, of course, and definitely more so for women, it's not a replacement than for men because okay. we're more visual. Okay. So, so our imagination can be stimulated by that. But too much of it, it, it then can become to dopamine oriented rather than dopamine, serotonin, testosterone, estrogen, oxytocin. When you're with someone in physical touching, there's a lot of different hormones that get produced that keep sex from being uh, overstimulating. Because anything which is overstimulating destimulates your, desensitizes your ability to be turned on to your partner. Okay. So I'll give you an example of that. We see teenagers now masturbating every day to internet porn. Uh, they at 21 years old are impotent with a real girl but can continue doing it online. Mm -hmm. And, and the, long before they get there, they're with a real girl, they lose sexual interest 
after two or three times because they can't sustain uh, that level of attraction because the brain desensitizes. It requires higher levels of dopamine. They can only be stimulated by new and different. But when you're actually, and then when you're with somebody you care about, this is another one of the paradoxes, the more you love someone, care about them, the more estrogen gets produced in the male body and that lowers his testosterone. So just getting married will take a knock off your average testosterone levels. Having children will knock it down even more unless you have counter practices that bump it up. And that's beyond Mars and Venus is all about teaching women how never to complain to your husband. Anytime you complain to him, you knock his testosterone down. It's that's like, biological. It's like the anti-Viagra. Yeah, it's the anti-Viagra. It's success, feeling successful raises testosterone. Feeling unsuccessful lowers testosterone. And when women complain, they don't realize, they think it's a little, having a little effect. Men don't notice it so much, but they start getting more passive and more passive, and then there's more to complain about. So just as a rule of thumb, anytime a man is passive, irritable, depressed, angry, frustrated, grumpy, his testosterone is low. Yeah, that is 100% true. Now, okay, what if you're single and your testosterone is low? I'm just, I, I mean, I, I, my life has been changed. Uh, even though I was having a good amount of sex in my 20s, my testosterone was, was lower than my mom's. I, I had metabolic disorders, right? So I started taking testosterone and it really improved things. I'm oh, on testosterone makes, right it now. Makes your, it makes your whole mood change. And see, the, here's the clear a misconception. People think aggressive, violent men are high testosterone men. Actually, they're high estrogen men. They, they do have more testosterone in their body, typically. But when they don't have confidence and they don't feel loved and supported, what happens when a man loses confidence, his testosterone, if he feels threatened, turns into estrogen and estrogen shoots up. And the estrogen causes anger, which is aggressive. And, you know, one of the techniques in Beyond Mars and Venus is if you start to have an argument with your partner, if you're angry and you're a man, you need to stop talking. Because if you talk, the estrogen goes higher and higher. Talking increases estrogen if you're talking about feelings. So, so in that case, instead of talking, you just eat Ben and Jerry's? Or how, how do you deal with that? You, take, you say, time out. <laughs> <laughs> time out. And then you go and do something. I call it cave time. You do something that makes that you're good at, that makes you feel good. That's not going to lower your testosterone like masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good call. I'll get but, even with her. Okay. But ideally, go back to work. Ideally, do something that's going to help somebody. Ideally, go work on your book. Ideally, go solve a problem. Do whatever it takes for you. That's what hobbies, by the way, are. You know, a long time ago, hobbies. Every man quote on his resume put his hobbies. You didn't have dignity if you didn't have a hobby because that's when you're stressed, you have to have a hobby, which means a challenging activity that you're good at. And that raises your testosterone, which allows you to then forget the problems you're upset about. So forgetting is the key. And men today, oh, you're supposed to talk about it. No, first forget it. And that's what the Buddha taught. Buddha, that's what meditation is. Forget all your problems. Let it go. Empty the mind. You know, this is the answer. And then come back to the world. Because when you meditate, if you're a man, your testosterone will go up if you can forget your problems. If women, women also today can benefit from meditation. Traditionally, they didn't. Uh, meditation, I didn't know that. Yeah, go to India with the home of meditation. Women were not taught meditation. They all say, oh, it's too difficult, but, too but, difficult. But wasn't that also just like straight up sexism? Like, like no, we, no. The no? Harvard did a study is having men just sit down on a couch and measure brain activity. Men's goes down. Women sit down on a couch. Their brain activity goes up. 
because they're thinking about all the things they need to be doing while they're sitting there. Women's brains are designed to be busy, busy, busy. We can more easily say, forget it and not worry about it and let it go. So, so wouldn't that mean that a woman would need meditation even more? It, uh, well, if she's, it, well, let's, let's look at the hormones of it, okay? So what hormone lowers stress for women? It's either estrogen or progesterone. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Oxytocin increases estrogen. That's why, you know, they, oxytocin is, is, is the, the safety the hormone. hormone. Okay. Oxytocin is safety. When you feel I can trust, I'm safe, oxytocin gets produced that's what oxytocin if i if, if, if you're affectionate to a woman you create safety oxytocin goes up now what we know the new science everybody just thought the oxytocin did it no what oxytocin does is lowers those high testosterone levels that women have today and then their estrogen can go up and estrogen is a hormone that says i have help i need help and i can get help that's what lowers her stress Women's stress level primarily goes up when they feel I don't have help. Men's stress levels primarily go up when they feel I can't help. I don't have the answer. Got so it. this is the two worlds coming together. And you can say this is all just uh, uh, conditioned into us. No, this is pure biology. A woman's body is designed to make babies. She needs every 14 days for her estrogen levels to become 20 times higher than a man's in order to get pregnant. Now what stimulates the production of estrogen is feeling need. I need your help. So women have to find places in their life at certain times of the month where they need help. It could be going to you, your podcast. It could be going to a coach, a therapist, a doctor, or you could go have sex with your husband and it will go up even higher if you feel you're safe. So oxytocin, which is affection, non-sexual touch, non-sexual touch will generate oxytocin, will help women move from their male side, which is this testosterone production of solving problems all day, the testosterone starts going down, allowing the estrogen to start going up. And as the estrogen goes up, then she can start to become sexually responsive. She's not sexually responsive without estrogen. Interesting. So there, there's this complex interplay in relationships that go back and forth. Uh, and I hear two things from the, the smaller sample size than you have, but um, I've talked with uh, women whose partners have said, you know, I, I don't want to ejaculate. And the women actually, at the end of lovemaking, they feel like they failed because they didn't produce oh, the, the results. Women, the women are the ones who want that ejaculation. So, and so why is that? And how, how does a woman education. address that? It's all okay. about education. Okay, so first of all, uh, when, I, when I work with women, teach women how to be multi-orgasmic, okay, and teach men how to be multi-orgasmic, 
that you got to learn. Which is probably to, harder to learn. It's it, it's an advanced class. It's an advanced class, and you have to be in a harmonious relationship to learn it. So that's the foundation of it. Then you go to the next level up. Generally speaking, you look at the big statistics in our country, and I didn't do those, the big studies that say half the women have never had an orgasm, another quarter, uh, the, the, the next half, half of those can only give themselves an orgasm through stimulating the clitoris, and then there's a quarter that have experienced having a clitoral orgasm with their partner, and maybe a small portion of those have had vaginal orgasms. Well, in doubt, <laughs> yes, we're talking a small amount. That, okay, I didn't realize that. That's that's. That's just sad. Yeah, these are okay. uh, so because those are pretty advanced spiritual states when you achieve those other things. At least I, all the women I've talked to who who have that as a part of their practice, really, it does something much more than just pleasure. The, the, what do they do? Just in their having practice? a vaginal orgasm, or just you know have, having really intense orgasm. Well, like that, people see God when they have sex. Like they have incredible out of body experiences. Listen, Not all of to, them, but some me, do. Absolutely. It. Yeah. I mean, but this is a very tiny portion of the population that has that, and. And there's a whole story of doing it to yourself. If a woman's doing it to herself, she's not going to have nearly the experience she could have if she was with a man, period. Sex is two people coming together. It's doing it on each other. Now you can get your release. The guy's doing this. Woman's got her vibrator. And just as this is very addictive to men, the masturbation, women using their vibrator desensitizes the clitoris. And at a certain point, a man can't give her an orgasm. Mm -hmm. But good news is that everything, when you give... Whenever you're overstimulated, you understimulate for a while and with the right nutrition, it will come back. It can come back. That's the good news. But you've got to let it, you've got to stop the, under, uh, the overstimulation. But uh, some vibrator use for foreplay and all, not a bad thing. If you need to. Or, I don't. Even if you don't need to. No, no, sometimes but, it's no, like, okay, it's and fun, I shouldn't right? say it the way. Everything is fun and sex should be play. So I have no judgment on it. But I do know the vibrators overstimulate the clitoris and desensitize with, it. With super frequent use, for sure. For but, sure. But if it's, sure. you know, two minutes of play with two partners or something, that's unlikely to cause desensitization. Maybe? You, you have the fun you want. You have the fun no, you no, want. I, I, I'm I, asking we, don't have, we, have, we don't have any data on that. We don't, okay. we don't, we don't have I, data on I, that. I'm just observational data and relationships I, I've been in. You know, I'm married and certainly have played with toys. and But so many of my friends have, and well, most of those women, who at least the ones I talk with it about, they're all pretty multi-orgasmic and they don't seem like they can. No, you can yeah. do this and be multi-orgasmic, but mm -hmm. it's a different kind of orgasm. Oh, no, they're multi-orgasmic without their toys, just with okay. their partners, oh, okay. right? Well, that's good. But, as long but as they don't rely on the vibrators only and use them for long periods of time. Okay, good. But we don't have any real data to your we point. We don't really have okay. any real data. Okay. And there's risk. I'll, and, I'll get you okay. on that. So there's the truth there. Okay, so coming back to one of the most interesting things that's not scientific for a moment from Taoism because I've been to Taoism China for is scientific. Years. They've been studying for thousands of years. This is Tao, five thousand year old system, and I've been studying it ten years in China. Before that, I studied in India, doing the tantra thing. Okay, so, and I, I like the Taoism thing the best, um, but I, I combine it all. Okay, and and the regular old making love. Okay, so <laughs> so so. One of the things they talk about is how the different zones of the vagina equal the zones of the penis that mm -hmm. go to different organs in the body, yeah. just like we have acupressure points. It, certain parts of the vagina stimulate the liver, certain go to the lungs and so forth. And the clitoris goes to the kidneys. Now, if you're, oh, if you're having all your orgasm energy releasing in the, in the clitoris, then the kidneys become overstimulated. And overstimulation in the kidneys causes uh, inability to um, process water effectively in your body, and you tend to gain weight. 
And there's a lot of women that are like get really big. And one of the reasons they're really big is because they're sitting with a vibrator for three hours a day. Are you joking? Nope. And you said that there isn't like a study about this. This is my own experience working with people. <laughs> Holy crap. All right. I'm going to take happens. that with a grain this of salt, happens. but I'll, I'll believe you. Yeah. And okay. doesn't mean that every woman out there is overweight is sitting with a vibrator three, day, three hours a day. Okay. But what's happening and the reason it's three hours, an hour, three times a day is they're addicted to sex. They're addicted to the ejaculate, to their, to their release. And the more they do it, the longer it takes. Okay. So it gets longer and longer and longer. So I have to have them go through withdrawal. Okay. So and then they can start losing weight again. Now that's just one. Now a big part of what we know in psychology is if you've, if you've been violated in childhood, you, so you've got a trauma around sex that can also cause weight gain. And so, yeah, that's a, a commonly it's commonly known thing. Uh, now commonly known, but it doesn't mean every overweight woman has that, yeah. and doesn't or, mean or they're men. all yeah. men. Yeah. So, but it's a it's a thing you have to deal with, and part of the solution to those things is sex. It's having the right lover, someone you love. Sex with a lover. Okay. Sex with someone who love, not with yourself, and having someone and learning about the body and the, the nine orgasms that a woman can have. According to Dallas, nine types of orgasms. Nine types of orgasms, and the first, which I'm going to just briefly go through them. Yeah, go through the nine. Uh, this is, is fascinating. Is, At least uh, to me, and it varies in different parts of China. Okay, so the first is breath, and I, I think the tantra people sort of went off on that one, where they get in classes and they just breathe together, and a lot of people go, "This is so boring." Uh, but the Taoists, it's you don't do much sexual play. You can do some interaction until you notice the breath. Is taking on by itself. It's the, <sighs> I'm no longer doing it. That's the first orgasm. That's orgasm of the lungs. Okay, you allowing your you allow that to happen, and you let yourself go into the pleasure of the automatic breath, and you don't go to any of the heavy petty or anything until you've got the arousal. Otherwise, there's no chemistry. You know. So if you have no breath, then you start by taking each other's clothes off and massage. Okay, and loving massage is a woman, if a man is having the challenges, a loving massage means could be 10, 15 minutes of just touching his whole body and giving about 20% more attention to the penis. That's about it. And all the genital area within the whole body and feeling love and awaking him in that way, undressing him and doing that for him, undressing her body. He can undress her body. Have somebody undress you is very arousing for most people. Okay. Then You've, when you get the breathing going, now you're going to embrace and you're going to touch, hug, and breathe together. You're producing oxytocin. You're also going into somewhat of a trance state where you're no longer breathing. You see, it's happening to you. When your breath is automatic, then your, your primitive brain is activated, and that's where sex drive comes from. So just to jump into having sex without even feeling the arousal. And men will feel it first. And so you shouldn't just jump in until she... You can't go anywhere on her body much until she's got it going. Otherwise, she's just pretending. Okay, so that's your first orgasm. Next, next orgasm is the kiss. Mm -hmm. The kiss, by after the breathing, there'll be more salivation. The tongue will start to, you know, the lips will become dry. There's more liquid flowing like that until you get to the French kiss. And then you have to teach people to have permission to exchange kisses, you know. Right. Some people are prudish, don't want to put the tongue in the other person's mouth. Well, you're putting a penis inside. <laughs> so, are these like married people? <laughs> uh, some people don't even kiss when they have sex. Wow, okay. Okay. This is the, the things you learn. So it's a man sometimes gets so much into the in, intercourse, which is 
definitely the most stimulating. We go right for that. It's kind of like a cocaine addict just wants to get his cocaine up, you know, just the video game, you want to win, win, win. It's delay, inability to delay gratification. That's, sex gives you this tremendous power to delay gratification. That's what men have to learn. And women have to learn relaxation and surrender. Okay. So I mentioned about two orgasms for women. One is where she's doing it to herself. She's trying it, she's doing it, she's working it, whatever. And that's a different kind of orgasm altogether than allowing it to happen. A wave crashes on you. You don't do, he does to you. And there's a, there's a shift there. And what happens generally is when she's allowing him to do because she loves him and he'll be going along at whatever stage of some kind of stimulation down south. And then she'll see, oh, I could have an orgasm and she'll try to grab it and she'll go for it. And that's exactly when the man will ejaculate because she is suddenly taken over. Because the truth is if a woman can totally surrender, then a man will be totally selfless and never need to ejaculate. He doesn't have to have any control at all. But these are perfect states that you can build up to uh, but you have to practice to get there unless you're just, she's able to just surrender and he's, and enjoy, surrender and enjoy, not just, okay, you can have me. <laughs> that's right, it. right. To use me, that's nothing. It's like, I'm really enjoying this more and more. So what she has to practice. And so what a man can know at that moment, whenever you're sort of getting, you're seeing ejaculation urge to come back off, not because you need to, because she's taken over. Don't let her take over. You have to feel the control. See, she has to feel I'm yielding, you're leading. Okay. Now, I'm not saying you do that all the time. I'm saying for ejaculation control. Once you've got a lot of control, then there'll be a natural shift where she'll want to jump on you. And okay. she might even start out. So role reversal is really fun in sex, of course, where she becomes the dominant, he becomes a submissive, then he becomes a dominant, she becomes a submissive. You're bringing back the male and female energies until then you're just... Um, Going into the orgasmic state, to me, the climax is, is I'm yours, you're mine, we're one. Yeah, I'm yours, okay. you're mine, we're one. In these these different, you said there were nine types of female orgasms. Okay, we orgasms. just started with the breathing, right. the kiss. Okay, okay, this is the first two. First two. Now we're now we're moving down over the whole body. This is very Taoist. Okay, very Taoist. classic Taoist. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah they, very systematic. Doesn't mean you always exactly yeah. have to do it, but you have, have to have kind of a have, sense of structure. Having a system to yeah. understand and study and, and, oh, that's what that was. That was mind-blowing sex. Like, oh, that was type seven. Okay. Yeah, right, right. So, so then, the third one is whole body, starting with nipples, it looks like? No, whole or body breasts. moving okay. up to the breasts, around okay. the whole body, okay. bringing so, it up so to the breasts, circling the breasts, breast. getting action here, okay. and gentle petting towards the nipple until you get some response. So it has to become erect, so to speak. Okay. It starts to come out. That means, and then sucking on that and just sucking on that, that gives her another orgasm. So the orgasm in the mouth, by the way, is when she wants to penetrate you. So your tongue, generally guys want to penetrate first, but when she's penetrating back, that means she's now in her masculine. She's been receptive and she's in her masculine. The kiss is wonderful. And then, you know, you start kissing down the neck, kissing behind the ears, kissing under here. This is a really erogenous zone is here. Coming around the breast is kind of like you're wanting her to feel desire to get to the nipple, and, but not giving it to her. And then grazing over. And not always exactly the same. Just this is sort of a, a range of activities to do. And then some pinching of the nipple. Some women are different than others. Some more sensitive than others. But you want to get a lot of blood flow in there first. Now, nothing's really going to happen down here until you get all this blood flow. It slowly comes down her body. Now, so that's, that's one. Breath is one. Uh, kissing is one, breast, full body, and breast is two. And there's this, what they talk about at that stage, the third orgasm, is the loosening of the joints. 
that is something liquids get put in your joints. You just sort of. So that's part uh, of the third, the breast one is the yeah, joints. Yeah, it's the whole okay. body all right. experience of wiggling and, all around and, and everything. Four. Okay, four. Now we're down to the clitoris. Okay. Now clitoris, and now we know, and there's a lot of wonderful YouTube uh, TED Talks on yeah. <laughs> women discovering that their clitoris is just the tip of their penis, right. which is it's a split penis that goes all the way around the vaginal opening so you you, you want to stimulate that area first actually you never want to give too much right to the clitoris you want to move the whole around it's two sets of lips and you're touching there with your hands thighs you always want to tease you're going thighs up to that area circling that area lots of circling until you're getting fluid and if you took your time you would get fluid down there okay okay so that's and that was four that was four okay. now you're touching the clitoris and you're doing the clitoris and circling clitoris touching clitoris, uh, there's a point, different women have different size clitoris. Now, and many women have a bigger hood or a smaller hood. The clitoris has a little protective hood over it. So sometimes you have to pull the hood back. Sometimes a woman knows that and she'll just pull it back herself. So you can, that's when she wants direct penetration, direct stimulation. If you push too hard, it just numbs the whole area. Okay. So it's gentle until she's pushing harder. So that's area four. Okay, now we're gonna enter. Okay, enter is just, the, the beginning of the vagina. And so what you're gonna do is move your penis around there and stimulate back over the whole area you just touched with your hand with your penis. Or, or with a finger potentially. Okay. Well, you, you, you did it with your finger the first okay. time. Now you're gonna put the penis in the vagina. Okay. So it's got a, like, it's the magic wand, you know. Now, now, if you didn't warm her up, for men, a lot of men, half the men, well, they'll ejaculate within a minute or two because they touched, they went into that electric socket and, they, and she wasn't yet turned on. Got it. See, if you're, you're totally turned on as a guy and you go into a dead socket, you're just gonna, you're gonna ejaculate. Because there's no electric energy no pushing back. There's or, nothing okay. to receive your energy. Okay. So her excitement is receiving your energy. So she's wanting to get you in there at that point, but you're not giving it to her. You're circling around the entry of the vagina with your penis. And it could be just a tiny, teeny movement in, take your hand, move it around, move it back and forth, move it in, and she'll have another orgasm. Okay, right. these are like waves of pleasure, waves of pleasure. Okay, so five is from the inside, the but not all the way in, entry. A, entry, okay. six is the, is the G-spot. Okay. G-spot is like a quarter. Mm -hmm. It will pop up after a few orgasms or one orgasm, or at least a half, 15 minutes of arousal, 20 minutes for some women. It will start to come out. And it's just that far in, generally speaking, you feel the size of a quarter. It needs pressure, not soft touch. It wants pressure. Mm -hmm. That's why it needs a good hard penis in there pushing up against that. Okay. Now, that's the G-spot. She has that orgasm. Okay, now she's moving around. Now she's pretty damn exhausted by now. Not if she has vaginal, not if she has enough estrogen. Um, okay. Got estrogen it. fuels the I'm, whole I'm thing. I'm not saying she wants to stop. I'm just saying oh, she's she exhausted. Oh, she won't want to stop. And she's <laughs> okay. not exhausted. Well, right. I don't know. Maybe she, she's loving it. Okay. Yeah. Then, okay, beyond the G-spot, the same about an inch in there, something called the E-spot. And it doesn't have pleasure until the G-spot has an orgasm. Yeah. And that's the E-spot. I don't know why it's called the E-spot, but they call it the E-spot. Uh, some guy whose name started with E. And he discovered it. That's Western, Western that was, that science. That was Mr. Erotic, right? Okay, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Erotic. Okay, E-spot. Now you're stimulating. You're going a little deeper. So the idea for a man, just to remember from this, is starting little, then going a little deeper, little deeper, get a little deeper for quite a while. She's going to want you to go all the way in. Don't go all the way in. So many guys would like to last all night. But it's because they go right in. It's too much energy. It's too. She can't receive all that energy. It backs up into you. So now you're up going deeper and deeper and deeper. Okay, and you could it could feel like you're almost all the way in. But then what will happen is after she has an orgasm or two of the E-spot area, 
Then what happens is C-spot. C-spot is cervix. That's that's right. number, we're, we're, we're at uh, four, five, but six, some seven. Some guys aren't eight. quite long enough to get to the cervix, right? You don't have to be. Okay. You're Generally speaking, you're not. Because if you had such a long penis that you hit it right away, it doesn't feel good to her. Right. It yeah, doesn't it's feel pain, good to it's, you. It's, it's just painful. like this hard, it's yeah. painful. So the idea is you're not reaching it. It will come down and kiss your penis. It moves down. At the, after several orgasms, it will come down. And there's certain times of the month where it will and it won't. Okay, right. so it, it comes down. And then every, every touch is like sparks. Now at this point, uh, we're at eight or nine at this point. And, the, and then you stay in. And then she gyrates her body, and it's like a just like a little push in. The whole thing becomes very spongy, and it holds you in. And you just these little pushes, but little pushes, okay. Every little push. And, you don't have to be moving in and out. That's number just, nine. That's number nine. Yeah, and she's orgasmic. And then, and what will happen many times is you you push in, and then her body will go, and that's an orgasm. Push in, and that's an orgasm. And push in, that's an orgasm. And just stay in. And you can go as long as you want doing that. So and do then you, that's a position. Okay. It, it, is this in one of your books? It seems like a master class. We that, just that's have. a master class I teach online and it's not finished yet. So you're the pre, you're foreplay to that. So people can go to marsvenus.com and find that class. Just tell okay. me that the class is going to be called a seminar. <laughs> Sorry. I just made that up on the fly. <laughs> Very well done, well done, well done. So, okay, I know our time is coming to an end. And the challenge here is real quickly, what a man has to learn to do is he gets to the point of arousal. And just think about this. You're going to give up what you think is orgasm for a couple of months. Just give up because you think and you experience ejaculation as a, as a man. Yeah, as a man, okay. as a man, ejaculation, orgasm happened at the same time for men until you learn how to separate the two. Okay. So in your mind, you have to go, I'm just going to have sex, but I'm not going to orgasm for two months. And what will happen is you'll build up your semen so that you'll go in these waves where you go up in your excitement. And then you notice that if I keep going further, I will ejaculate at that point you relax and usually you change a position and, and I'll tell you something else to do in a minute, but that's, that's called a peak of pleasure. Let it come down a peak of pleasure. Let it come down. And as you get higher, those peaks of pleasure are really withholding back from what we would traditionally call an orgasm, but they're little orgasms, but they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And after a few months of semen retention, they're bigger than the pleasure you'd ever feel with a real orgasm and you're not ejaculating. Now what to do at those moments of peak, those moments is you need to notice what your body would normally do if you had an orgasm. Mm-hmm. What you would normally do is increase the speed. Yeah. So what, when you get to the thing, then just like this much time with your pelvis, just right. you're kicking the energy, you're displacing the energy into the muscles of your body. And here's the secret. This is a million, million dollar secret. It took me a long time to figure this one out because I couldn't do this all the time with my wife because I get these darn blue balls sometimes. Yeah. So the way you get out of blue balls is when you're thrusting as a man at any level, whatever you're doing, whenever you're inside of her or moving on or whatever, you have to do these exercises to learn how to thrust without contracting your anus. Interesting. That's the secret. Relax the anus while you're thrusting and then you don't get blue balls. Yeah. That's um, the whole key. And, but, but if you get blue totally balls. That's totally true. And here's. I, I don't get blue balls anymore from this anymore, but I just naturally learned how to do that. I never thought of it, but that's totally something it's that I do. relaxing the anus. And wow. there's exercises to do it. I learned it uh, from Taoism. Mm-hmm. I learned it from Tantra. And I learned it from Baryshnikov. 
Wow. Baryshnikov is not that he's my mentor, but I remember being admiring of him because he, you know, he's a ballet dancer. He was known for his sexual prowess. The guy was like yeah. a super stud. Right. Okay. Right. Super stud. And he didn't need to ejaculate. He can go from one woman to another to another. Okay. Not that I want to do that. I want to go with my wife. Okay. Right. Cause it's about love for me, but he had performance down. And so there's a little a thing they do in ballet where you come up, it's a pleiade. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know if I can be seen on the camera doing it. We won't work. But anyway, imagine a ballet man dancing, his legs going like this coming down. What that does is it strengthens these thigh muscles and the buttocks comes together. And when you do it, it pushes hard. You want strong buttocks muscles without contracting the anus. That's one of the movements. So it's separating control of the anus, the, the, I have to pee muscle, whatever that's called. Yeah, pubococcus muscles. Right, yeah. so, and most of the time, until you've taught yourself, those are the same trigger, but those are separate muscles. And then learning to relax one, but not the other. Always keeping the anus relaxed. There's a, now there's a lot of apps online. One is called Staminia, S-T-A-M-E-N-I-A, which teaches you how to exercise your PC muscle and then reverse PC muscle. Reverse PC muscle is actually more important than PC muscle. Wow. PC muscle is pulling back. Reverse PC is pushing forward because you're going in and that's the whole key is to go in while your anus is still relaxed. But you've got to learn to identify your reverse PC. You've got to first identify the PC, which is holding back after you urinate. So it's all about awareness down here. I, and, I, cannot, I cannot wait until I, I get to look at your class on this stuff. I, I, I know many of these things, but there are so many nuances in this. And I have one question for you. So I, I've got one other simple technique. Okay, real okay, quick. Yeah, yeah, okay, teach real it. quick. It's the brick technique. Okay. okay I'm not, we can't stand up. The setting isn't there. And it looks a little silly, but take a regular brick, wrap a towel around it, put it beneath your thighs. Or a yoga block would work, right? I don't know. No, okay. I use a brick. You need some good weight. Oh, okay. Then okay, a yoga block a, would yeah. work. Okay. And then uh, for two or three minutes to five minutes, to 10 minutes. Just stand there, good With it posture. between your legs. Put it between your legs. While you're standing. And practice doing your Elvis pelvis pump. Oh, so weighted thing that you're squeezing between your thighs, like just, okay, pumping and your thighs. And the thigh. whole time, you can't, because of the brick is there, you can't squeeze your anus. Oh. So you're creating muscle memory. So it's as high as you can get it between your legs in the widest part of the brick. Okay. Yeah. Oh, smart. Okay. Not the wide, it's just, the right, just in there. Okay. Just enough in there. So but you I got mean, the weight do, to do go against. Do I put against. it in like, yeah, so it's like the long that. way or so? Okay, the, the long, long way. way. Just okay. the long way. Put it in like that. And now you're just going to do your pelvis rock and pop, 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 okay. pop, 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 Wow. And what you're doing is training muscle memory. It takes a lot of muscle memory because you have no consciousness down there when you're having sex. Do, do you mean, think we could do like a group fitness class around that? <laughs> I think it should no. be in every fitness class. <laughs> but not and in then, a group. <laughs> and then you, when you walk, you'll notice right afterwards, walk down the hallway and your hips will sway a little bit like a woman's. Because that's why women can last so long, is that whole muscle area is loose down there. Weird. So, okay. so ours, we're like tight. So if you're loose, it swings around. And that frees the energy up. And so you do that every day and do some okay. of your pleiades from ballet. Blown away. Um, now, I've gotten to the point where I, I don't really want to ejaculate most of the time when I have sex. Because... I just know I'm probably going to be less, I'd be more tired and just off oh, my game the next day. you lose your superpower. Yeah. You, you're, it's proven if you ejaculate, your testosterone goes down 50%. And so I, I learned that. I taught that to myself after a year of trying to prove it wasn't so because I didn't like that idea. The problem now though is that, okay, when I'm in the middle of lovemaking and you're getting pretty close, all of a sudden I change my mind. I'm like, you know what? The best idea I could have on earth right now is just to, you know, 
you know, fill her up for lack of a better term. That's right. That's called the monkey brain. So what is, <laughs> and, and I'm pretty good at controlling this, this now to the point where like, I, I know that, but it happens so reliably. So what is for, for the a person listening who is just going, I could never do that. I would die. I don't know how to do it. What's the trick for turning off the monkey brain when you get to that point where if I don't ejaculate now, the world will end. How do you change that okay, thought process? It's the training before you have sex. Okay? okay. This is all training the brain. And uh, this is something I prefer to say just with a bunch of men, but men masturbate. And so you give up masturbation, you stop looking at porn and you're, you're in bed. You've got, you feel like you want to masturbate. So you touch yourself feather touch and you look at the clock and you say, we're going to feather touch. And as soon as any kind of close urge to ejaculation comes, you stop touching. You just learn to have an erection without an urge to ejaculate mm-hmm. for 25 minutes, 30 minutes. And then you go take a shower and you don't ejaculate. You're training yourself that you can be fully aroused, which is double the testosterone without needing to end it. Got it's, it. It's training. It's so just arousal and ending are separate events that yeah. that you, we think are connected that aren't. Yeah. Okay. John, this is uh, incredibly precious knowledge. I, I mean, we do go deep on a lot of knowledge here. I'm going to put this up. I'm going to mark it as, you know, explicit and all that sort of stuff. Uh, there's a warning ahead of time. If you didn't want to listen to this, you didn't have to, but this is, science has done thousands of years of practice based on 40 years of your practice. Yes. Uh, and just thank you for being able to talk about it. Cause this is, you know, it's touchy stuff for some people. And, and you brought up something that we didn't finish, which was women also want him to ejaculate. Oh yeah. They, we didn't finish. They, Let's finish they, that. They, and then we'll end the show. Okay, they, they feel they did it. You know, every man always says to a woman, did you orgasm? You know, yep. we, we want to know that we provided pleasure for our partner and a woman wants to feel that she provided the pleasure for him. So there has to be an education around this. And another reason instinctively she wants to, him to ejaculate is the monkey brain, just like you have the urge to ejaculate, it wants to get pregnant. This ah, is the non-thinking okay. brain. It says, I haven't, I'm not done until I get that. You know, That's her job to get it. And if she's consciously wanting you to ejaculate, it makes it way, way harder. Matter of fact, you can't resist. See, as soon as a woman thinks, yeah. and women will get tired in sex and then they just want the guy to ejaculate. So there should always be room for her to stop at any time. That's why you change positions. After every couple of little little orgasms as you're rising, let's move to another position. Let's move to another okay. position and so right, forth. Right. So she has to be clear on that. And now I'm going to take it to the highest level. The reason she wants to feel that ejaculation is that at the moment of ejaculation, the reason we ejaculate is our estrogen levels spike. And estrogen is the feeling of love. So she gets to feel that huge surrender on his part. And it makes her feel, her mirror brain goes into feeling so much loving too. So it's a moment of pure love for her because his estrogen goes so much higher. But if she also takes into consideration, this is a practice that as he maintains semen longer, his testosterone will go higher, which means that in sex, his estrogen can go much higher than ever he's ever gone. So those little orgasms that you have and get bigger and bigger, they're filled with estrogen higher than what was before. But it's okay. a practice. It's a delayed gratification. Instead of like, I want it now, I'm going to put some money in the bank account and let it earn some interest. And then we're going to have a, lot, a much bigger kingdom. So the whole, honey, I'll buy you flowers if you don't make me come. It, it, it's a... <laughs> I'll buy you flowers, $80. <laughs> Uh, John, thanks for just being real and and for your careful study and analysis of tradition and what you've seen, what you've seen, and from talking to thousands of people and just sharing it. This is the height of how uh, our our elders, uh, the people who will become masters, have share with the world. So I I just truly appreciate you. Um, your most recent book, Beyond Mars and Venus. Thanks. And. Thanks. 
when your new seminar comes out, just as your friend, I would be honored to share it on on my list. If you guys aren't signed up, DaveAsprey.com. I send occasional emails with stuff that I think is worthwhile. It's not a not a high commercial drink bulletproof coffee every day, although I might mention that occasion. But <laughs> it, I, I send out basically the latest podcast. So I will send an announcement to John's um, to John's class whenever it's ready, uh, because that's actually something that I will be reviewing a hundred percent. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. If you liked today's episode, you know what to do. Uh, go buy one of the books we talked about, read it, and then, as you know, if you don't leave a review, you're a horrible person. Have a great day. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.